a listener production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The Elle Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. Hi. Hello. You look amazing. Oh my God. I just got out of Pilates and I just was like, this is what it is. (laughs) You've got that Pilates glow. (laughs) Steph Shep is an entrepreneur, environmental advocate, and co-founder of nonprofit Future Earth which is the coolest climate club to be part of. But before that, she was the chief operating officer of Kardashian West Brands and has lived a hundred lives. Thank you so much for doing this for me. Oh my God, of course. Are you kidding me? I'm so happy to. I haven't seen you in so long. I first met Steph on a shoot for Jen Atkin and her brand, The Way. I instantly was attracted to her energy and that smile. But what I didn't know was there was so much more to her than I ever knew before. And this includes go-go dancing, The Pretty Mess, and KKW. I cannot wait for this chat with Steph. Wait, I do better one, hold on. Is that okay? There's such judgment on the clap. If I have a bad clap, I'm always like, let me go again. Steph, thank you so much for joining me on Sliding Doors, the podcast. I feel so special to have you here with me. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. I miss you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. So this is so nice. I know. Isn't this the perfect opportunity to sit down and have a chat about all things life? Just catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. First up, I do a thing called the fast five. So the less you think about the answer, I find the more honest the answer is. Okay. Oh, gosh. So here we go. Friends or Seinfeld? Friends. You're quick. (laughs) uh, (laughs) With snacks, sweet or salty? Salty. Last photo on your phone? Uh, A picture of me at Pilates. Loves it. (laughs) What's your coffee order? Um, I'm a tea drinker. I'm a matcha latte with oat milk. Love that. Morning or night person? Definitely a night person. Don't catch me in the mornings. It's bad news. (laughs) See, we've learned so much about people with those fast five. I love them. Thank you so much. I love rapid fire questions. I could literally do that for the entire podcast. I feel like there should be a podcast where someone just does rapid fire the whole time because I like get a rush out of it. So (laughs) that was fun for me. Thanks. That's all right. I love that. Okay. So for people that don't know you, and I feel like everybody pretty much does, Mm. what do you do? I would love to know what you're doing now. I mean, what do I do? You know, I ask myself that every day. No. Um, well, right now, I, I'm i spending a lot of time on the nonprofit that I co-founded uh, called Future Earth. We just became a nonprofit. We've been going through all the hoops and the steps and everything. So it's so exciting that we actually can, we can work now as a nonprofit. And we're just excited to hire people because it's kind of been this three people, these three incredible or two other incredible women I work with, Max Moyen and Sydney Haas. And um, yeah, we're just really looking to kind of, you know, build what Future Earth is. If you guys don't know what Future Earth is, it is um, basically a digital climate education platform on Instagram 
that Max and I started back in 2019. And we just want to share information, you know, about the climate crisis. We believe knowledge is a catalyst for change. And I think the more we know and the more we know better, we can do better. So that's, we just want to kind of advocate for, you know, environmental protections and things that we can do to be a part of the solution and and just to spread information because I think it's really important. It's, I think it is the largest crises we're facing as a global humanity. So we just want to do our part. And um, so we're really, I'm really spending a lot of time on that. And um, I do some fun stuff on Instagram. You do. You do do some fun stuff on Instagram. But just on Future Earth, I have to say what I loved when I was reading up about it and, and just learning about it was, is I read a quote from you that said you attract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we, you know, are trying to learn about sustainability or climate or just how we can be part of the change, you often get a little scared. And what I love about Future Earth and, you know, learning about that is it's not about doing every single thing right in your life. Maybe it's about doing one thing today and another thing tomorrow. And I, I really, that's what attracted me to it was that I could go to the space and not be shamed. And I think you're doing an amazing job at giving people knowledge, but not also shaming them because you're a real person and you use products that, you know, like sometimes they don't tick every single box, you know? Oh no, of course, of course. Thank you for saying that. That's really our approach is this kind of like peer-to-peer learning rather than like this preachy, like, you don't know, you're wrong, you're bad, you're not doing it right. Because I definitely don't do everything right. And I don't ever plan to. You know, I mean, who does? I I, I aspire to, but like, how can you in this world that isn't really there yet? We're still in this evolutionary phase where we're transitioning into clean energy and we're looking at new sustainable business practices and, you know, all of these things. I feel like we're getting there, but right now it would be, it's so difficult to live a zero waste lifestyle. And it's daunting to expect someone to do that and to expect someone to be perfect because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. All we can do is try. And that's what I try and do. Um, We posted something recently about like the perfect activist, like it doesn't exist. And to think that it does or to shame one for doing one thing and not doing another or advocating for the environment, but driving, you know, a gas fueled car, you can do both. We're in this place right now where that's kind of, where a lot of the people fall and it's taken, you know, my kind of this kind of journey through learning about the climate crisis to get to a place where I also like take away that judgment yeah. on others. Cause you know, you want to be like, why are you using that plastic straw or why are you doing this? Yeah. But it doesn't help. It doesn't help the movement. It doesn't help the cause. It doesn't help the energy that you're putting out into the world. And no one wants to be a part of that where people are, you know, shaming them and belittling them and and judging them all the time. And it can often be looked at already as an elitist movement because the sustainable goods or organic produce is so much more expensive. And we really want to try and give people an access point to information so that they can make better choices for themselves and for their families. And if one thing really sticks out to them and that's a change that they can make, incredible. And I think it's different for everyone. There's different pillars of this that people can relate to, whether it be health or, you know, the ecosystems, the environment, food, agriculture, the economy, whatever it is. I think there's a piece for everyone to get involved. And what I've learned through that is it's really just a handful of companies that are really just messing it up for everyone. This is true. And so I think 
taking the individual blame off of us as citizens and as consumers. Yes, we need to make changes, but we also need to hold, you know, these people, these companies, these yeah. government officials, our elected representatives, we have to hold people, those people responsible for making changes that actually will substantially change us, our world. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think it's nice that you've created a space that feels like everybody's welcome. Thank you. Your identity on social media, Instagram, is it's huge. Do you know what I mean? You're such a strong, powerful voice. How did you navigate your way into that world? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for saying that. Social, like this whole like social media, this platform, this whole thing, it's so fascinating to me because it was never something that like when we were growing up, that wasn't something I like dreamed to have or do. It wasn't even a thing. You know what I mean? Like this was never like a part of like the vision of what I saw for myself. Yeah. And, you know, by association and the people that I know, the people that I've worked with, I came upon this following and that was really why I felt so moved to like start something like Future Earth because I was like, oh, okay. Like people are checking for me. Like what can I be putting out there that actually could make a difference. Like I can give you bikini selfies all day long, but like, what's really going to like, you know, touch We do like the or... bikini selfies. <laughs> they, I'm just going to put it out there. They always perform the best. Don't they always? And you question it, but you're I like, know. they always I know. do. <laughs> but you know, I, that really forced me to reflect and to look at what I could do for good with this social media platform. And it's, I don't love it. You know, it's hard. I, I it's a yeah. love-hate relationship. You know, I my feelings still get hurt. And I say this all the time. You'd think that I'd have a thicker skin by now. But, you know, especially talking about the environment and then working, you know, whether it be in like the fashion space or the beauty space, there's always going to be those people that are like, you're not doing enough. Yeah. How can you say this and do that? And it's it sucks. And, you know, I'm doing the best that I can do. And I think that's all you can ever expect from anyone. But you know, it's there. It is what it is. I feel very grateful to have the opportunities that I do. And I just want to like, I hope people come to my Instagram or see a picture or something pop up on their timeline that makes them think or makes them stop and want to research something or change their ways or something like that. I, yeah, I I mean, what else can you do, I guess, with a platform like that, other than to connect people and to hopefully do something of positive note, you know, make a difference. But what I found amazing was because I actually thought you were an LA girl. I thought you were like born and bred LA. And then I actually read it and didn't realize that you were oh, from no. a smaller yeah, town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally from the smallest town of all time. Yeah. <laughs> How did you make your way from a small town girl into the bright lights of the city? You make it sound so nice. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in a very small town in Ohio very small. Uh, we were a township until a couple of years ago. We didn't have enough people to even be a city, Stop. very small town. And I danced as a hobby all throughout school. And I really loved to dance. And I wanted to, you know, go on tour with Britney Spears and be a dancer and move to LA and do the whole thing. And I wanted to be a pussycat doll. And so I said, okay, mom, didn't we all like, Just exactly say, pack up the bags. We like we're, I'm going to LA and that's kind of how I moved out to LA. Literally, my mom and I packed up my little Kia Sportage that she got me for my 16th birthday, this used Kia Sportage. <laughs> it was still, still honestly one of my favorite cars. I had a peace and love license plate. I had like a vanity plate that said peace 
P-C-E-N-L-V-E. Like I was, I thought I was like a hippie flower child, whatever. (laughs) Packed up the Kia Sportage with like all my things and maybe $800 and moved to LA to try and be- A dancer. A dancer. And yeah, that was kind of the- the hope. <laughs> the, the dreams. The you dreams. know what? It could still happen. <laughs> you never do. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I, oh my I God. If, love I, it, if I got to dance for Britney Spears, I still would I still would jump at the opportunity. If I got to be a pussycat doll now, I'd corset it up. I'd be on oh. that stage. I'd be in a champagne glass. <laughs> I'd be there. Oh there. my God. Honestly, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. I mean, we're laughing about it now, but a lot of people don't see the unseen sacrifices that you do when you either are doing it for yourself, you're starting a new company, you're taking a leap of faith. Can you share some of your unseen sacrifices that you've had to go through to get to where you are now? Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy because when you're in it, you're like, oh, this is just like my life. This is, you know, like it's It's life. It's life. And to now like kind of look back at it, it's, I mean, it's still like, I, I think it's not that interesting of a story because it's my own, but yeah, I mean, Instagram and all of this stuff, you, we all show our best moments. And and a lot of the people with a lot of, you know, a big following, they have a lot of success and they have a lot of shit and they have they go a lot of places and they do all the things and it seems really shiny and cool. And a lot of it is, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. But no, I like, you know, I grew up with a single mother who worked at General Motors my entire life, 30 years you know, 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. I was at a babysitter. I was working at CeCe's Pizza. You know, we, I didn't come from the luxuries of yeah. what people think. Yeah. And I am very happy to have not. Yeah. I think that that gave me grit and I'm a really hard worker because of it. And, and for a long time, I was a little, like when I first moved to LA, I was like a little bit embarrassed because I was like, yeah. you know, finding myself among kids with trust funds and kids whose parents were somebody and they had really nice cars and like my car didn't even have a window. I had to put a trash bag over the window because someone broke into my car and I was like 19 in LA. Someone broke into my car. I'm sleeping on someone's couch. Like I literally slept on some stranger's couch. I did not know until (laughs) I could afford a place of my own. Someone broke into my car. I had to put a trash bag over my window, over my Kia Sportage. I would walk to work every day at Gold's Gym in Hollywood. I did the morning shift and I did that for like a good year. My first year, I I lived with a friend's brother's friend eventually who, you know, I paid nothing. One of my friends, Anthony, gave me a mattress that he had. I, I He gave me sheets. I had nothing. Yeah. You know, I was literally yeah. working with nothing, just trying to make it. But and you just keep... You just keep going. Yeah. Oh my like God, I could... It's the grit. Yeah, you know, it, it makes... It does. And it, yeah. when you get it, it's so much more amazing because you know how hard you've got, oh, you know, yeah. like you, how hard you can appreciate pulled. for sure. It's a, it's a, Yeah. I mean, I could literally go on and on you guys about like the cockroaches in my <laughs> apartment and I would scream and call my mom and see their antenna poking out of the drain. Like I've worked my fucking ass off and I've loved to do it. But it's really nice to hear though. Like I think it's more people need to hear it because I think we do sit in this world now that, you know, it's quite scary that people in high school are saying what they want to do is be an influencer and what they think it is is what they see on social media. And it's like, well, truth be told, it isn't like that. And the majority of the people that are at the top tier have had to work really, really hard. And probably, you know, like the last few years look like this, but all the years before 
was driving a Kia Sport with a garbage bag on the window. Oh, 100%. I mean, I... (laughs) You guys have no idea. I feel like I could take this whole podcast to just tell you all the things that you've never seen on my Instagram that are, are that are real fucking life. Like we're here for. I it. mean, it's so funny because I had a conversation with my mom last uh, last year, and you know we're reminiscing and stuff, and we're talking about the mattress on the floor. I had these teal sheets that I don't even know where they came from. And, you know, I, my dresser was one of those things from Target that you know those yeah. plastic things and. And she told me this and it really made me laugh. It really made me laugh because she was like, she calls me Bunny. She said, Bunny, I just thought, I don't think this girl's going to make it out here. <laughs> don't you love and that I'm book? Like, oh my God. Like, I was yeah. like, you never told me that. Like, that's so funny because she was like, you didn't have anything. Like we were, <laughs> you know, we were going for fast food for dinner. Like, you know, I didn't have anything. And she just thought, oh shit, she's not going to make it out here. But you did. You know, you just, you grind and you hustle and you connect and you work hard and that's all you can do. So what was your first role? My first job in LA, I was the front receptionist. Yeah. Like the person that like scans the card to like let you and be like, have a good workout. (laughs) have a good workout. I was so bad at it because it was six in the morning. I had to be up six in the morning, like five 30 to get to work at six. Like I said, in the rapid fire, I am not a morning person. So it was a struggle. (laughs) How long Um, did you work there? I worked there. Well, I got fired. It's a trend. I get fired from all my jobs. Um, (laughs) which if you're listening, that's okay too. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) I got fired from that job too. And I, oh my gosh, maybe not even a year. I don't even know. Maybe because I was go-go dancing at the same time in West Hollywood. I know. Like, when did this happen? Honestly. This bomb just dropped. Like, I'm telling you, I have lived a hundred lives up until this point. I So I was go-go <laughs> dancing. I loved it. Like, one, I loved to party. I loved the club. I loved to dance. I, it was, I mean, I was like 19, it was probably like my 19, 20 maybe even 21, I was still dancing. I don't know. But I, you know, it was so much fun for me. And that's how I met a lot of my friends was, you know, through the club. And I was dancing at the same time that I was working at Gold's Gym. And I was dancing at Here Bar next to the Abbey. (laughs) Yeah. And so then my shift would end at like two and then I would sleep for a couple hours and then I'd go to work at six. And that was like, you know, that was the life I was living. And I was making like $3, you know what I mean? But I loved it. And I felt like I yeah. was like in the LA mix and I was like making it happen for myself. And then after Gold's Gym, they fired me because I was just really bad at it. <laughs> I think I go-goed for a while and like tried to like dance and like do like random dance jobs. And then my agent who was friends with Mikey Minden knew that Mikey was looking for an assistant. And she knew that I needed a job because I was sleeping on another couch at this point. Um, this I had moved to another person's couch, though. <laughs> and she was like, do you want to try and be an assistant? I think you could be good at it. And I was like, sure. You know, he just needed a personal person, groceries, laundry, house stuff, you know, gassing his car, whatever it was. And I started working for him. And, you know, as our relationship continued to evolve, I started doing more creative projects with him and then we were on tour with Erica Girardi, the pretty mess herself from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Can I just take a moment for that? 
I didn't know this and I learned this a couple of years ago and I was like, I loved you before, but I love you so much more for this. <laughs> like when I found out, I was like, I mean, there's a whole podcast on that, just that. But- oh, totally. No, totally. Yeah, The Pretty Mess Herself. I I had the honor and privilege to get to work with her for a few years, her and her creative director, Mikey Minden, Robin Anton, ironically, the founder and creator of the Pussycat Dolls. So it was this serendipitous thing where I was like, oh my gosh, okay, things are coming together. And then we toured the world doing the gay club circuit. How long were you with her? I think I was with her and Mikey for like two years, maybe. Okay. Just having the best time and learning so much. I mean, Erica really, she showed me the ropes in a really, I mean, she taught me so much. Like the lessons that I've learned from that and her, it's like, She's incredible. She seems so amazing. I mean, she's my favorite housewife. She's incredible. And she's exactly that person. Like who you see now is exactly the person that I've always known. She doesn't turn it on or switch it up. Like that is who she is through and through. And we traveled the world. She, she, that was my first experience kind of traveling the world. Yeah. Doing every pride in the United States of America, (laughs) which was so much fun. Like, oh, we just had the best time. Yeah. And then after working with her and doing some of the styling stuff and kind of trying different things like styling and seeing the different worlds and tour managing and blah, blah, blah. I kind of just wanted to dance again. You know, it was one of those moments where I was like, I need to do this for myself. You know, I'm going to regret it if I didn't try it. Did you dance? I mean, you know, I danced. Oh, my gosh. You know who I danced for? Who? I danced for Havana Brown. No. Yes. Really? Yes. This is a full circle. Yes. (laughs) This is weird. This is weird. This is funny. Yes. I danced for Havana Brown. We we went to Paris. We went to Korea. We went, I, she did LA gigs. Um, Yeah, I danced for her because she was also one of Mikey's she was like Mikey was like helping her yeah. with her show at the time gosh this was yeah. so long ago then when did the Kim when did you start personal when did that come in? so I think I was dancing for Havana when I was still working for Mikey because she because she was one of his clients and he was like yeah like throw me a bone like dance. you can do it for yeah. her like we need a girl anyway then we put together with Robin Anton the girl group GRL oh my god yes. and <laughs> I mean I swear to god yeah. I could tell you a million a million things this is so good and so Uh, seeing that and like it was kind of like that like reminder where you're like that's your dream remember that's why you came to LA and I was like oh shit I got a little lost I got a little off track I want to be this I want to be in a girl group this is why I came here I want to be in a girl group too okay Steph you know like let's start I'm seeing something I'm (laughs) seeing something there's a few other girls I know that would like to be involved I'm sure Jen would come on (laughs) we've got a group I'm telling you oh my god so it kind of was like you know, I was put in that, I think I was put in that position to, to kind of remind myself, like, Steph, remember why you came here, you know? So I thought, okay, I'm going to venture out. I want to do this for myself now. I danced for Pitbull for a couple shows. <laughs> I I know. I know. I'm telling you, there's so it's many things. literally like, I feel like you go through my light, my shuffle, and it's <laughs> like all that. No, I, I'm telling you guys, like, I've lived 100 lives. And then I started styling commercials because it was just like easy for me to get that job. And like Robin Anton, her brother was directing some commercials. So I started styling them. I don't know. It was like a Dasani commercial or something. (laughs) So I was just hanging out with Robin more. And then that's how the opportunity with Kim came about. She called me and was like, hey, would you want to assist again? Kim's looking for an executive assistant. I think, you know, you guys would really get along. And I was like, okay. 
Let me try it. You're like, I'm getting off the Magogo and I'm going in. <laughs> it is a big thing in networking though. Yeah. Networking, I don't think people realize how important it is to be genuinely you, be a good person, treat people as you'd like to be treated because like even you just kind of reliving that. It's like there's so many people that you meet along the way and totally. they come back. They, you know what I mean? Like it is, you need to network and you need to stay true. Oh yeah. And to that point, I will say, don't always kiss up to the people that are in power, you know, when you're around the people that are behind the yeah. scenes, the assistants, the people that are making, you know, the wheel turn, those people are going to, they're going to move up one day and they're going to remember mm-hmm. if you were an asshole or not, yeah. because I certainly yeah. do. Cause there were people in my time yeah. as an assistant that treated me a certain kind of way. And there were some people who were incredible and great to me and treated me like a human being and looked at me in my eyes and like, I will always remember that. And those people, I will always go to bat for and I will always do whatever I can to support them. So it's just kind of a life lesson. It's very true. Through those years of hustling and sleeping on somebody else's teal sheets, was there a sliding door moment? Was there a moment that you kind of went wow, like this is changing the way I'm going. You know what I mean? Like you could have kept going one way. Like what was that moment for you? Oh, when I started working for Kim, 110%. I was assisting Erica Girardi and Robin called me about an interview with Kim. And I remember it because it was like, I think I was like 22, maybe 23. And it was like Coachella. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like yes. I had the interview the Monday after Coachella and I was thinking, oh shit, how am I going to do It's not good for this? anybody. It's not good, for, especially in my like early twenties, like I was a mess, <laughs> but I remember thinking, oh, okay, I have to get this. Like this will change my life. And it wasn't because I was like, first of all, I don't even think Instagram was around at that time. Yeah. Had the, we were still putting frames around things and using the mirror. Yeah, mi- we were the putting frames app. and like, you know, using the filters yes. like in the Instagram. Yes, it was a sad, um, sad So it wasn't day. even a thing. So I didn't even have, it wasn't even that to be like, oh, like I could become an influencer. It was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And this woman has her hand in every single corner of the entertainment business. So if I don't know what I want to do now, I can work under her and I can say, oh, maybe I want to do beauty. Maybe I want to do clothes. Maybe I want to do TV. Maybe, you know, she literally was, and she still is across the board. And I was like, oh, like I'm going to find what I want to do through this because she does everything. And you had those thoughts before the interview? Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. I I saw, I mean, she's a force, you know, and I'm not, I wasn't like a Kardashian fan prior to this, but like she has, she's a star, you know what I mean? And when you meet her or you're around her, you can feel it. Oh, she's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And she has been, you know, since I've met her and, you know, she interviewed me that fateful day in one of her first homes back in the day before she had North. And, you know, I was like, okay, I got to get this. This is going to change my life. Like I'm going to work really hard and, this woman is going to be the biggest thing ever. And I am going to be like her right hand. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to learn everything I can learn. And I did, you know, like I really did. Did you call your mom and tell her that you were going for the interview? Oh yeah, of course. I don't think like we, like we, I was more like Laguna Beach, the Hills kind of reality. (laughs) Like I hadn't like, I hadn't since then ventured to Kardashian (laughs) reality. Yeah. Um, So I'm sure she was just like, okay, Yeah, like cool. that sounds great. Good you know? Yeah. But 
I knew that like they, she was really special and that I could learn a lot. And I yeah. was like, this could be, this could be something to really give me some direction because at that point in my life, I didn't know what I wanted to do. No, I had no direction. I had no passion. I had no special skill. I had no, you know, when you see people with that one thing, they're like really good at and yes. you're like, damn, like, I wish I had that one thing. Cause I'm like, I'm like pretty like decent at everything. Yes. Like if you give me something to do, yeah. I think that's why I was a good assistant. If you give me something to do, like I will do it really well, but like, I don't have that like one thing that I was like, this is my purpose. Yes. And so I was really excited to get to learn from someone who did everything. Yeah. So I could hopefully find that for myself. When you were working as the personal assistant, I mean, KKW Beauty blew up. Like it was world domination. You know what I mean? And, oh, and totally. To like be part of that and see something be built from scratch. I think you always learn so much more when you're in it and you've got to see it happen and you see things fail. Oh, and totally. Were there times that you were kind of like, I'm not worthy? Like, I'm scared. I've got imposter syndrome. What am I doing here? I'm from a small town. Oh God, I literally still have imposter syndrome. Really? <laughs> like, really? I literally was just texting my friend Curry today like, what? Like, is my Instagram cool? Like, am I cool? Like, what's happening? Like, I hate my Instagram. I hate my pictures. I Like, <laughs> of course. Like, I fall into that. Yeah. I do. And definitely... You know, there were moments where I was like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, but you figure it out because you have to figure it out. And I just really believed in her and what she was doing. And I liked her and I liked her family and I liked my job. I felt really important. And I felt like I was contributing to something that was like changing culture and it, it has. And so I was just really excited and I wasn't afraid. Yeah. You know, I was just, I think when you find something that you are really passionate about, all of that stuff kind of like falls to the side because you're just tunnel vision and you're like, I was just in it. You know, I was yeah. so excited to get up and go to work and to travel and to schlep bags across country to country. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I was thrilled at the opportunity because I hadn't, been able to go any of those places before in my life, you know, like it was amazing. It was awesome. And now for sure, I'm like, oh man, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Who am I? When did it flick? And when did you decide to start the next chapter? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sure many people are listening and Mm. kind of going, as much as the sliding door moment was meeting and getting the job, even for me thinking about it, the next sliding door moment for you would probably have been leaving. leaving. Totally. Do you know what I mean? And departing and and doing that. Oh, totally. Like, what was that? What happened? How? Well, we created, it was she and, you know, I was with her, all of these different verticals, you know, huge businesses. She had a family. She got married. You know, and I was reaching like my Saturn return at 27. And I was thinking like, wait, (laughs) I didn't buy a home. I feel like I did, but it's not mine. I didn't have a baby. I didn't get, you know, and I'm like, man, like I kind of want all of these these things for myself, you know? And I was getting to that age where I was kind of like, maybe it's time for me to create something of my own, something that I own, something that's mine and and my time and about my life and, and really step into like that leading role of my life. Yeah. So I just got to that age where I kind of was like, you know, kind of got a serious boyfriend and I was kind of like, all right, you know, I want to, I want to be my own adult now. I want to do this for myself in some way. I still had no fucking idea what to do. (laughs) I had no clue what lane to go down. And I was just like, well, mama bird just pushed me out of the nest. I got to fly, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah. It was a lot of self-reflection and self-discovery and a lot of therapy and a lot of tr- throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping that it was going to stick and like <laughs> finding the confidence to be like, yes, Steph, like you're worthy of great things. You can do it. Yeah. I think sometimes when you're surrounded by people that are taking the risk and, and doing it, it almost becomes infectious. Do you know what I mean? And I think sometimes you're like, like you said, you see them doing it and you're kind of like, you know what? I might need to step sideways to step forward. You know what I mean? And I think Mm -hmm. it's scary, but I think it's amazing. And to kind of see you come out and have this voice, like from where I was sitting in little old Australia, it was actually amazing that you came forward and started to talk about so much with the environment and what you cared about. You know what I mean? And there was this whole person that you were that was amazing and you wanted to watch and you wanted to see what you were doing. So I think you killed it. Oh my God. Thank you. I mean, I was lucky enough to meet you one of the first times um, shooting the Way campaign for Jen Atkin. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was so much fun. I mean, running around Venice Beach causing trouble. (laughs) But I was like, you're you're a force. You know what I mean? Like I really felt that you were a force then. And I think to see what you're doing now is is incredible. Thank you. Which leads me, obviously, Future Earth is your passion right now, but is is that the dream at the moment? Is that what you're you're fully focused on? I mean, yeah, it takes up a lot of my time for sure. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I love so much and I love to like I, there's so many things yeah. that I want to do. And honestly, like it's taken me. I mean, I think I was 27. It's taken, I'm like 31. It's taken me some time to actually, now that I've been on my own, feel like I built a foundation for myself where I can venture out and say, okay, like I'm starting a brand or, you know, okay, like I am going to pursue acting and I am going to do this because this is what I want to do. And I am a performer. That's what I came here to do. And I'm not going to be afraid that like people aren't going to want to see me, you know, yeah. perf- like do that. Like, eh, I don't know how to, like, you know, just the fear. I still have the fear, of course, yeah. but everything that's happened in my life up until this point and the age that I'm at, the year that I've had, I'm kind of like, I'm going to just do whatever I want. Yeah. And I don't care if it's the biggest thing ever. I don't care if it's the smallest thing ever. I don't care if one person buys it. I don't care if yeah. only one person listens. Like, I just want to do what makes me feel fulfilled and hopefully make someone feel like they have a shot at it too. You know, like whatever me to doing this podcast, like I hate doing podcasts. I hate hearing my own voice. (laughs) I hate hearing my own story, but like the connection, like if someone were to write me and say, oh, like that made me feel really inspired to do this or that made me feel good because I feel like I'm in a weird place where I don't know what to do. And like hearing you helped me just kind of push myself out of that. That's enough for me sharing this stuff about the environment on Instagram. If that, if three people change their habits, that's enough for me. If I land some role in like the smallest indie film that no one ever sees, but I got to do it for me and to, and to fulfill that like performer side of me, then that's enough. And I think it's taken me a a lot to get here to not do it all for the accolades and the likes and the eyes and the popularity and the ego but I can really genuinely say that like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. I love that. <laughs> I kind of like, I love it. <laughs> I think that's so amazing. And to be honest with you, when I started this podcast, I was really afraid. I was really scared. And then a few people reached out and had said like little snippets of something I'd said really helped them. And 
as the podcast has grown, it's hearing stories like yours and the chances that you've taken and also just the sacrifices and how hard it's been to get where you are and that we're actually all really similar at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's an amazing space to be able to share you and your voice and what you're going through. So I know there are people that are going to listen to this and be like, oh my God, I had teal sheets too. (laughs) (laughs) But just a push. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With that said, what kind of um, words of advice would you give to somebody that was trying to start their journey to success or to make a change or, you know, step away from something or just reinvent themselves? What kind of advice would you give? I would just say, honestly, and this is, (laughs) ew, I'm not going to get emotional. What's happening? (laughs) This is what my mom would always say to me. She, every time I would walk out of the house or go to dance or go to a friend's house or a party, whatever it was, when I would get off the phone, when I would travel before, you know, when I was traveling with Kim, whatever it is, she would always tell me, remember who you are. My friends know it. We could literally like, mouth the words in her cadence as she was saying it as we were walking out of the door in Ohio she would be like girls remember who you are you know and that I wish I would have listened a little bit more for some of the parts of my life you know because I think that's the best advice anyone could ever possibly give anyone is just to remember who you are because the parts of me that I would be embarrassed about, like being from Ohio or not being growing up with money or not knowing what designers were like, I didn't know what designers were. I called Givenchy, Givenchy. Like I didn't fucking know, like, (laughs) you know, and all of those things that like I would be embarrassed about or like being Asian and like having a white mom, like all of those things that I thought made me different. I know it's cliche, but it makes me so much more special Special. than everybody else, you know? Yeah. And I think if you're sitting there and you're like, comparing yourself and looking at all these people have all these successes and looking at all these people happy and living their dreams. Like they did it. They were selfish and they put themselves first and they remembered who they were and what they wanted and they went for it. And so I think we all just need to remember who we are. You know, we're not that person. We're not that story. We're not, we're exactly who we are for a reason. And you just got to fucking do it for yourself because life is too short. Honestly, like you don't want to, you don't want to be on your deathbed and wake up with regrets and no. thinking like I could have done that. Like who don't, let's not do that. You know, let's not fucking do it. It doesn't matter. You just have to do what makes you happy. You know? And if that's getting into a giant champagne glass, you and I are going to live out our pussycat doll We're fantasy. We are going to be there. You heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel so lucky to be talking to you. And I felt lucky when I met you. I'll never forget walking into that KKW beauty launch and I saw you in that little LPA satin two-piece and I was like, Steph. Oh my God. It was like, that was the like, that was oh the beginning gosh. of KKW beauty. It was a big night, but you were so totally. genuine. You were so kind. You were so nice. I think you're amazing. I can't wait to see what happens with Future Earth. I can't wait to see you just be you. I'm excited and I'm sure everybody else is that's listening. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you're so kind. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson, producer Tina Matalov, audio production by Darcy Thompson, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and a special thanks to my manager, Camille Toulouse, for always being a fresh pair of ears on each episode.
listener.